Let's pray together. God, thank You that we can come into Your presence this morning. And Lord, thank You for the opportunity just to come around Your Word, Lord. And we're trusting You to speak to us today. Lord, we pray that our hearts, Lord, would be, would be soft and ready to receive Your Word. That, Lord, You would anoint our ears this morning. Help us to hear what You're saying to us and to apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Well, you can grab your seats. Awesome. What an awesome service it's been, hey? So good to be in the presence of God. And there's so many exciting things that are happening in the life of the church. So we've got Holiday Club coming up in less than a week and a half's time from the 4th to the 6th of July. And if you're a parent um, or if you uh, know kids that need to be signed up, please go to our website and sign them up today. And then tonight at um, our Tableview location at 6 p.m., we've got Dino Chikatilo bringing God's Word. And so he's a phenomenal speaker and um, we're really, gonna, we're really trusting God to, to speak through him. And so we want to encourage you if, you, if you've got the time, come and join us at 6 p.m. at Tableview. And then one of the exciting things we're doing as a church is this week we're sending a missions team up to Zambia. There's 17 people going, driving up to Zambia. Two are from Camps Bay, five are from Malkbos, and 10 are from Tableview. On Wednesday morning, we're meeting at Total Petrol Station just down the road here at 4.30 in the morning. So I know that all of you are going to set your alarms. You're going to wake up and pray for us, right? Right, Stefan, thank you, man. I know we can count on you. But we're going to be driving up and then we're going to be spending a couple of days in the town called Mongu. And we're going to be encouraging and preaching at the church there. And then we're going to travel out to one of the most remote villages to physically help build the church there and to share the gospel in the area. And we're going to be doing women's ministry, youth ministry, encouraging local leaders. And so when it comes to a missions trip, we often say there's three things you can do. You can pray, you can pay, or you can go. And so we've got a team that's going. But can I, can I ask us right now, right where you are, uh, let's take a moment to pray for the team that's going up to Western Zambia. God, we, we come to you this morning. And Lord, we just commit the team to you, Lord God. We pray that you would go before them, Lord. Keep them safe on the roads, Lord God. Protect them. Protect the vehicles. Lord, would you give them favor at every border crossing? Lord, we pray that, that your spirit, Lord God, would, would anoint each person, Lord God, that you would keep them healthy, um, that you would work through them as they do the various tasks that they're doing. And Lord, we pray for the, the people that, that we're going to serve, Lord God, that their hearts would be open to receive what you have for them. And God, we also commit anyone who hasn't heard the gospel, who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior. And Lord, we just pray that they would open their hearts to you in Jesus' name, Lord God. We thank you that, that you can do more than we can ask, think, or imagine. So we commit the trip, trip to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, we're starting our new series today called Encounter. And we're going to look at people in the Bible who unexpectedly had a close and personal encounter with God. And so... Um, why are we doing this series? Well, we're halfway through the year 
and uh, we're going to get a bit of a, a holiday. Our kids are on holiday, and all the parents said, help me, Jesus. But we do hope that you'll, you'll get a bit of time out, a bit of time to, to rest as a family. But one of the dangers is that at this time of year, people sometimes can, can start to, to take their foot off the pedal. They can start to lose steam. They can start to coast. And we, we find ourselves losing steam spiritually. And so we need an encouragement. We need a, a boost. We need a personal encounter with God so that we can push into Him and we can step into everything He has for us for the rest of the year. Amen. And so I know it's hard to believe, but when I was a teenager, I, w- I was passionate about long distance running. I loved it. And so we would start a race and, and, and you know, you got this, this long distance ahead of you. But they had these, these stations every three kilometers or so where they would hand out water. And once in a while, they would even give you Coke. And, you know, all I would tell myself in my head is I've got three kilometers to go. I've got three kilometers to go. And you would get there, you would get the water, you would get refreshed. And then you would, I would tell myself again, I've got another three kilometers to go. And I would do that. You would kind of break it up into these, these bite-sized pieces. But the best races was when you... you Pace yourself well for the first half of the race. You, you keep refreshing yourself. You stay refreshed. And then in the second half of the race, you give it everything you've got. And so what we're doing as a church is we, we are coming to the, to the halfway mark of the year. We're going to refresh ourselves by looking to God, by, by pushing into encounters with Him. And then we're going to give the next half of the year everything we've got. Amen. Do you believe that God wants to have an encounter with you? Do you believe that? Maybe you say, yes, I believe that. And that's cool. I, I see people having amazing experiences with God. And that's great. But, but for me, I'm, I'm not sure if, if I'm ever going to experience that. You see, the problem is God is really good and I'm not. And so I don't know how I would ever experience an encounter with Him. But I've got good news for you this morning. God wants to have an encounter with each and every person. And He's made a way for that to happen. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 to 18. This was a passage that, that really stood out to me as, as I was looking at encounters. And it's written by Paul, who had one of the most amazing encounters in the Bible. So let's look at this. It's going to come up on the screen. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 to 18. You there? It's on the screen. Awesome. Guys, listen to this. Okay, but first I want to just preface this verse by saying when Paul was writing this, he was actually remembering what happened to Moses. And we're actually going to look at Moses today. And he was making a parallel with Moses' life. And so the Bible says that that when Moses met with the Lord, he would actually meet with God face to face as a man meets with his friend. Isn't that cool? Imagine talking to God like that, you know, as a man meets with his friend. That's how Moses would, would meet with God. And afterwards, his face would radiate. His face would actually shine out with God's glory. And what he would do is he would actually put a veil over his face so that people couldn't, couldn't see his face after he had met with God. 
And so in verse 16, Paul makes this parallel with us today. And this is what he says. But whenever someone turns to the Lord. So who is someone? Turn to the person next to you and say, you're someone. Whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So that means as soon as you believe in Jesus and his work on the cross, that veil, that separation is taken away and you can come boldly into God's presence. For the Lord is the Spirit and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so isn't that cool? We don't have to work for our freedom. We don't have to, we don't have to work to be accepted by God. It just says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And then it says, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. And so it's saying that, that we who are sitting here in Malkbos this morning, in 2023, we can experience what Moses experienced. We can have that close personal relationship with God. We can experience His presence and we can have encounters with Him. And as we do that, it says that we are changed. We will never be the same. So are you guys excited? I'm excited about this. Come on. So over the next few weeks, as we go through this series together, we want to make room in our services to actually encounter God. That's what we're trusting God for. And so at the end of the services, we'll spend some extra time in worship and, and just spend time in His presence. Is that good? Awesome. But just to come back to the story of Moses. So most of us know the story of Moses, how he, how he was placed in a, in a river as a baby in a basket uh, and this was to save his life. And, and as he was floating down the river, um, Pharaoh's daughter finds him there. She takes him, she takes him to the palace and she raises him in the palace as a prince of the Egyptian people. But Moses finds out that, that he's actually an Israelite. He's actually a slave child. And so as he grows up, he has a, a meltdown. He, he freaks out when he sees how his people are being treated. And he gets so angry, one day he actually goes and kills an Egyptian and buries him in the sand. People find out and, and Moses has to run for his life. And so he runs uh, out into the desert and he meets a whole other tribe, a whole other group of people. And he, he finds his wife there, he gets married, he, he has children. And um, 40 years pass by and Moses is now 80 years old. And this is where we're going to pick up the story. And so in, he, in, in Hebrews, I was almost said, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 to 6, it says this, One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led, the flock into the, he led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire in the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go and see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from, from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. So isn't that, isn't that like a little bit strange? 
you know, you, um, God speaking to someone from, from within a bush. But it just tells us that God can speak to us in so many different ways. God can speak to you wherever you are. If you're surfing, God can speak to you. Uh, if you're driving in your car, um, if you're at your place of work, God can speak to you. God can speak to you through the children in your class. He can speak to you through a song. He can speak to you through an air hostess on, on your flight. He can speak to you in so many different ways. And we see that Moses sees something different, something, something quite special, and he, and he goes over and he takes a closer look. And God loves it that Moses comes nearer. God loves it that Moses is, is taking a closer look. And God loves it when we allow him to interrupt our schedules and we move closer towards him. And now God speaks to Moses. As Moses comes closer to God, God speaks to Moses from within the bush. And he says this, Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. You see, it was a, it was a holy moment. This was holy ground. And when we have an encounter with God, it's a holy moment. It's a moment where God wants to meet with you, where God wants to speak to you. And that's what we trust in God for um, over the next few weeks, that we're going to have these holy moments with God and that we will never be the same. And God often uses these moments to, to call people into a deep sense of purpose and mission. And that's what God does uh, with Moses in that very moment. He tells Moses what he's going to do with him and how he's going to use him to set people free. And what does Moses do? Moses suddenly becomes overwhelmed and insecure. Can anybody relate to that? Okay. Moses has these, these insecurities that become barriers to him encountering God and stepping into all that God has for him. But you know what? Every time he, he, has, uh, he hits a barrier, God shows him how to overcome that barrier. And it's the same for us. Most, encou most encounters, you see, they do something inside of us. They do something in our character. They do something in our insecurities. And God changes us so that we can step into all that he has for us. So just as we look at this passage, we're going to look at four barriers that Moses experienced in encountering God. And, and, and as we look at these, Think about how these, I pray that, the, that God will show you how these actually relate to your life as well. And so the first barrier we see, Moses asks, who am I? Who am I? But Moses protested to God, who am I to, to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And so what Moses is saying to God is, you've got the wrong guy. Haven't you, haven't you seen what I've done? I'm, I'm a murderer. I killed someone and, and hid him in the sand. I, I ran away from the people that, you, that, that you're calling me to. I, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I've made so many mistakes. I've got a past. He's feeling so condemned about who he is. He's feeling guilty for his past and the, and the things that he hasn't done. And he can't imagine himself uh, being used by God. And we do exactly the same. Who am I? Who am I to share my faith with my colleagues? Who am I to join the dream team here at church and, 
welcome other people at church. Who am I? And there's that voice in our head that's re- that reminds us what we've done. And we've got this guilt that, 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 that we keep thinking about. Um, the guilt of knowing that we failed to please God. And that's what the devil does. It's his favorite tactic. He reminds us of all our wrongs. And then we come to the conclusion that we're not good enough. But you know what? No one is good enough. No one is good enough. So we actually need to let go of that thinking. We actually just need to let it go in Jesus' name. We don't come to God because we're good enough. But we come to God because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Give me a sec. Pulled my pages the wrong way. It's like, whoa, I'm sure I said that already. <laughs> okay. So I want you to look at, at, at how God answers Moses. Moses asks, who am I? And this is what God says. I will be with you. I will be with you, Moses. So Moses asks, who am I? And God answers by telling him, it's not really about you. It's about who I am. And the first thing is when we, when we come into an encounter with God, it's not based on who we are, but it's based on who he is. It's not based on what we've done or what we haven't done. It's based on what he's done for us when he gave his life for us. When he took our place, he paid for our sin. He made us right with God. It's based on who he is, not on who we are. And I love what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10. He says these words, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And all of us can say that. By the grace of God, I'm a dad. By the, base, by the grace of God, I'm a father. By the grace of God, I'm standing here today. It's all by the grace of God. Then the second barrier which Moses faced is where he asks the question, who are you? It says, but Moses, in verse 13, but Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? So he's, he's grappling with this, this thing of, do I know God well enough? I don't think I know God well enough. I don't even know his real name. And God replies to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. That's, that's interesting, you know, I am. Like if I, was, if I was meeting you for the first time, I would say, I am James. But God just says, I am. And then you're like, yeah, who are you? But God's just saying, I am. He's reminding Moses that you can't put me in a box. I'm not limited to one title. I'm so much greater than that. I'm more powerful. I'm everything you will need me to be. I'm not limited to time. In the future, he will still be, I am. God in, in this world, which is changing so fast, sometimes we can't keep up with it. God never changes. His character never changes. What he's done before, he can do again. Do you believe that? So I want to ask you a question this morning. How big is your God? 
If we believe in, an, in, in a big, all-powerful God, it changes our expectations. It changes the way we pray. You know, um, in Zambia, um, years ago, um, I had the job of going to all the different churches and, and taking a database. So I would, I would go with a piece of paper and with a list of questions and go visit the churches. It was really cool. And I must just tell you this, this one funny story. Um, the one day I, I, I got to this village and I asked for the, the, the leader by name. And they said to me, he's out in the rice fields. So I didn't know, really know what that meant, but I, f- I started following this guy and the, the communication wasn't, you know, it's a language barrier. So I'm just walking behind him and all of a sudden we get to mud. So I'm like, okay, take my shoes off and I've got my clipboard in one hand and my shoes in the other hand. And the mud starts to get to here, gets to here. Eventually I'm like this and I'm not kidding, the leader comes in a canoe. <laughs> and I felt like a, a real dwarf foreigner um, hi, can I ask you a few questions, you know? Sounds like a salesman or something. But you know, I would ask these questions of the, of the leaders. And one of the questions was, have you experienced any miracles lately in the church? And I remember how the response, you know, how, how someone's face would light up and say, yes, and just rattle off a, a bunch of miracles. And I remember thinking, you know, they, they believe in a God who is powerful. They believe in a God who can do anything. How big is your God? In Jeremiah 32, verse 17, it says, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is too hard for you. And so we we need to remind ourselves when we think about who God is, nothing is too hard for Him. Amen. It'll change the way we pray. The third barrier which Moses faced is where he asks the question, what if they? And so it says in, in chapter 4, verse 1, but Moses protested again, what if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? And this is a real concern for Moses. He's like, what if they don't believe me? What if they say you, you, you're making this up? What if I make a fool of myself? What if they... And I love God's response to him. God asks him, what's in your hand? And it's a shepherd's staff, just something he uses every day to, um, to guide the sheep, sometimes give them a smack, you know, move snakes out the way. It's just something he uses every day, a shepherd's staff. And God tells him to throw it on the ground and it becomes a snake and then pick it up by the tail and it becomes a staff again. And uh, God gives him various signs to say, I'm going to work through you. It's okay. But I love that. God uses everyday things like her staff to show his power, to show that he is with us. And that's what Surf Day is about. We bring simple everyday things to God. Maybe you're you're good at fixing things. You're good with your hands. Bring that to God. And, And you'll be amazed at what God can do through that skill. Maybe you've got some black bags at home. Bring that to the community cleanup. And you will be amazed at what God can do. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 25 says, Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. So God is saying to Moses, don't fear the people. Trust me and I will keep you safe. 
And so we mustn't fear people. In John chapter 12, verse 42 to 43, it says, Many people did believe in him, obviously talking about Jesus, including some of the Jewish leaders. But they wouldn't admit it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue, for they loved human praise more than the praise of God. We have to be so careful not to let our concern about what others think become a barrier to us experiencing God and stepping into all that He has for us. Maybe it's during worship. You know, maybe you, you come and you just feel like you want to worship God and you, and you, you want to lift your hands, which is a, a sign of surrender. But then suddenly you think, there's people around me and, and maybe they, they know me and they've seen one or two things I haven't done right. No, I think I'll, it's okay. Maybe another time. Or maybe you want to pray for someone. You see someone's really struggling, uh, they, they're broken, and you just want to offer to pray for them. But you think, well, what if they say, no thanks? What if they think I'm strange? And so we can actually let people prevent us from stepping into all that God has for us. And we meet, need to make sure that we don't let people's thoughts about us become a barrier to us experiencing God. Amen. We need to remember what Paul the Apostle said in Romans chapter 1 verse 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And so when we feel those doubts and we're worried about what others think, we need to remind ourselves, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Jesus died for me. The other, these other people didn't die for me. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. So we remind ourselves, I am who I am by the grace of God. There is nothing too difficult for my God. And I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. And then the last barrier that Moses faced is when he says to God, I have never... I have never. In, in verse 10 to 12, Then Moses said to the Lord, Please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither recently nor in time past. I've never, never been able to speak, God. Nor since you spoke to your servant, for I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. And Moses saying, I'm, I'm not good at this talking thing, man. You know, like you, you want me to go rescue the people? I'm going to have to talk to people. God, I'm not good at it. I've never been good at it. And we all feel like this at times. We feel, we feel like I'm just not good at it, you know. Uh, maybe God asks you to, to connect with one or two people after the service. And not like when the pastor says amen, just like run for the hills, you know. Or maybe he's asking you to, to be more intentional about discipling your children. But you say, but I've never, I've never, I've never been good at reading Bible stories and like praying prayers with my children. I've never been good at it. But God's saying, just take a step. Just take a step. I will be with you. I will work through you. Maybe it's to, to, to pray with your, with your staff, sorry. Maybe it's to pray with your staff. Once in a while, just to say a prayer. God, you feel God like moving you to do that. But you say, I've, I've never done that before. If God is stirring your heart, take a step, be obedient. The Lord said to Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Hear or do not hear? 
see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. And so God loves using people who've never done it before. He wants us to take, to take a step of faith, just like Moses did. He, he didn't understand what the burning bush was, but he took a step towards it. And God loved it. And God loves it when we step out in faith. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God because we must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. So he wants us to come to him in faith. So whenever we face these, these barriers, these insecurities, let's remind ourselves, I am who I am by the grace of God. Nothing is too difficult for my God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. And then the last one, in Philippians 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Guys, I, th I think we should actually like write these statements down. Like put them in our wallet or in our handbag or and just pull them out sometimes. Just remind myself. Not ashamed. Um, I am who I am by the grace of God. There is nothing too difficult for my God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So I'd love to take, take a moment this morning just to pray for us. Just right where you are. You can stay seated, but I would like to pray for us this morning. And we're just going to take a moment to worship God. Just to connect with Him. So don't worry about the people around you. But let's just focus on Him this morning. I ask you to, to just close your eyes. And Father, I come to you now in Jesus' name. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that, that you've made it possible for us to come into your presence. Thank you, Lord, that where your spirit is, there is freedom. And that we can enjoy this freedom in your presence. That we can encounter you. And God, I pray for, for each one of us. That, Lord, you would confront the areas in our lives where we where we have insecurities. That, Lord, when we, when we haven't believed who you say we are, that, Lord, you would help us to believe who you say we are. That we would come to you based on what you've done for us, not on what we've done in our lives. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would forgive us for making you too small, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that you would help us not to be afraid of people, I pray that you would help us to take a step of faith. Father, I pray for, for every person that by your Spirit, Lord God, you would work in our lives, Lord God, that you would give us courage to step into what you have for us in Jesus' name, to step into your purposes in Jesus' name. And then this morning, I just want to pray for, for anybody who's here today and you say, I'm not in a right relationship with God. You're here today, which is awesome. You've taken a step towards God, but you know that, that you haven't yet committed your life to Jesus. You haven't given Him your whole life. This morning, I'd like to give you an opportunity to say, God, I want to commit my life to you. That's you. I'd love to pray for you this morning. That's you. Can I just ask you to raise your hand quickly so I know who I'm praying for? Anybody like to do that this morning, to commit their life to Jesus? Lord, I commit my life to you. Is there anyone who would like to do that this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Lord, we just pray, Lord God, this morning that we would know that you, Lord, have called us to into your presence to encounter you, Lord God. Just as we, as we, um, I'm going to ask us to stand. Just as we close this service, we're going to worship God now, and I just want us to to declare who God says we are, who God says we are. Sometimes we we come to Him with insecurities. We come based on on our, on ourselves, what we've done. But this morning we want to come based on. We want to come to God based on what He's done. We want to believe what He says about us. And I pray this morning that that you would believe it this morning. That you would step into that this morning and declare this over your life. In Jesus' name.